We are live. Welcome to the Rebarketing Podcast. My name is Jerome Lewis. I am your host for today. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about our podcast structure. The way it works is we are here to talk about marketing, tech, and business leadership. We are talking for real estate agents, real estate investors, and real estate entrepreneurs. Our podcast has two purposes. One, Kathy, to spotlight you, your business, your service, or your product in a way that provides value to you, including market exposure and content creation. Purpose number two, to educate and inform our audience and listeners. That being said, I'm going to introduce our guest today. Kathy Benner is a passive income coach and a health and wealth educator. She is deeply committed to helping you discover a better, healthier lifestyle and a passive income option so that you can experience freedom to live your dreams. Put your choices into action and watch your life change while you sleep. Kathy's unique background and certifications qualifies her to identify the right opportunities, create an individual strategy and personalize an action plan so that one can live a healthier lifestyle and earn income without having to punch the time clock. She helps you create a plan for your personal development. Life is life is just better when we have done work on ourselves. That includes our mental, physical, emotional, and social and financial life. I think it's fair to say personal development makes you happy. You can't really argue with that Goal says Kathy. Kathy, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you and I'm excited to meet you. So thank you, Jerome. Thank you so much for inviting me. You are very welcome. So this will be a uh we're gonna have a new format to this podcast, thanks to Kathy, right? So um one of the ways that we normally start off is after we do the formal introduction, we like to hear from the speaker in their own words a little bit about them. So Kathy, could you tell us a little bit about you? Yeah, actually, uh gosh. Um, you know, back up the history a little bit. I was a single mom uh, working two minimum wage jobs, uh, had a car that wouldn't run. I just remember, you know, there were days that I, I, I would be so exhausted that I was like, okay, which job am I getting dressed for? And so finally, finally, I had some aha moments along the way that um, just made my life a little bit easier. And it was discovering passive income. Oh, nice. Kathy, so I'm excited to meet to meet you. And we have you here because we met through a real estate entrepreneur, right? So it's a little bit different, but we still talk real estate, right? We talk investing, passive income. Real estate investing is a great way to establish passive income. And I want to know a little bit about your background. So I have some questions here that I want to ask you. The first sure. question, why did you start the Kathy Benner International Academy? Well, um, thank you for asking me that, Jerome. Uh, back in the day, again, I was just struggling financially. And um, I have a, a, a really a cute little story where uh, I was 40 years old and my mother actually sat me down and she said, Kathy, you better get on with it. Well, what in the heck did that mean? So I said, well, I don't, I don't know. What do you mean? Get on with what? And she said, well, you're already 40. And she said in about 20 years, she said, you've already got 20 years in the workforce. She said, you're still working minimum wage jobs. She said, you're a single mom. You know, at that time, my daughter was maybe nine. And she said, and in 20 years, you're going to be ready to retire. And she said, how are you going to do that? She said, if you're struggling now, how are you going to put back enough cash to actually retire uh, when you're already halfway through your work life, you know, 20 years in and you've got 20 years to go. And I thought, wow, um, that was kind of an aha for me. I thought I hadn't really thought of it like that. And uh, yeah, if I'm not making it now, how am I going to make it if I'm not working at all? Um, you know, I was renting. I didn't own my own home at that point. 
And so um, I, I just started thinking about, and you know, when you start, when, when you finally have an aha moment like that, you start observing, you know, what are other people doing? What are they doing? What am I not doing? And what are they doing that I'm not doing? Anyway, at the time I was, I was working in a corporate job and I wore acrylic nails as if you're familiar with that, yes. uh, you know, a lot of gals wear these acrylic nails and I was wearing acrylic nails as part of my uniform, so to speak. You know, I was in sales and, and, uh, but I was in a paid position. And so I thought, well, I go to get my nails done and my little nail tech, she's 19 years old. And I'm just feeling a little sorry for her, even though I was working a minimum wage job, I thought, yeah, she's sitting here eating bonbons all day, waiting to do a manicure. How, 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 how starving is she, you know? So anyway, I, I don't know why, but maybe it was because she was so much younger than me that I thought I'm going to ask her, you know, how much money can you make doing nails anyway? Wouldn't this be the coolest job? No pressure. You just sit there and do manicures. And she said, yeah, I'm having a really bad week. And I thought, Oh, there, here it comes. I better give her a nice tip. And she said, yeah, she said, I normally make a couple thousand dollars a week, but I've only made a thousand so far this week. And I'm like, what? Cause I wasn't making a thousand dollars a week. You know, I mean, this has been, you know, 25 years ago and, uh, you know, professional people, you know, teachers that had college educations were making uh, in our area, were making, you know, $52,000 a year. And I'm thinking she's making $52,000 a year doing nails. Are you kidding me? So I said, well, okay, maybe this is my answer. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll go to cosmetology school. I'll, I'll be a nail tech and I'll start saving a little bit of money. I'll just do it, you know, part-time and that'll make my mom happy that I'm doing something toward retirement. So I, um, I, I went to nail school, which we fondly call it, which is actually cosmetology. And it's a, it, the, the nail program is the shortest program in cosmetology in Ohio. So I signed up. I did my nine weeks or whatever it was. I came out. I took my state boards. I got licensed. I, um, I, I decided I was going to start working in the cosmetology industry. And I went to school. Um, for cosmetology, I kept my corporate job and I went to school like a Tuesday night, a Thursday night, and maybe a Saturday morning. So when I got out and, and actually got licensed, I thought, well, I'll just do nails Tuesday night, Thursday night, and Saturday morning. I already had my daughter kind of covered babysitting wise. And within six weeks, I was making more money part-time than what I was making full-time on my corporate job. So I thought, oh my goodness, I really need to take a look at this. And so I took the next two years to transition over into the salon industry full time. Now okay. I do have to, I do have to tell a cute little story there. When I went into my first class uh, at the cosmetology program, the instructor, she said, now there are 30 of you in this room. And she said, and only half of you will finish the nine weeks. So only about 15 or so of you will finish the nine weeks. And out of that group, only half of you will actually take your state boards. So only about eight of you are going to take your state boards. And she said, and out of that group, only about half of you will actually take a job doing 
you know, the salon industry doing nails. And so only about four of you are actually going to take a job. And out of that group, only half of you will make it through the first year. So about two of you. And she said, and out of that group, only half of you will ever be a salon owner. So one of you out of this room will be a salon owner. And I said, "Hmm, not me. I don't want to be a salon owner. (laughs) That's not for me. Well, guess what? I went two years to transition into the industry uh, down the road. I actually became a salon owner. Of course. Yeah. And from there, I ended up 25 years later, fast forward, I was able to retire with five salons. But that's not the the actual aha in all of this. The aha in all of this is that I realized I could buy some real estate with that extra income. And so I decided to buy the buildings that my salons were in. And then I was in Ohio, we call it a booth rent salon. Um, and, and I don't know, Jerome, are you, where are you? What, what state are you in? I'm in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So I'm okay. So you're in Pennsylvania. I believe Pennsylvania has booth rent salons as well. They're independent contractor or booth rent salons. And what happens there is that you just rent a space. You just rent a chair and the stylist then rents that chair from you. Well, I realized my, my first aha was that the nail tech was making more money than I was. My second aha was that, I could actually buy a building and get my booth renters to basically make the payments for me. And so I ended up in 25 years with five paid commercial buildings paid for. So, and and that is, that's my backstory on how I actually got into real estate investing. And it was, it was quite, um, quite the story from my mom telling me I needed to get on with it. So wow, that's, that's the only way around, but that's the story. <laughs> that's amazing. And that's why we have you here because we connect on real estate. And one of the things like when you popped on, we asked you about Kathy Benner International Academy. Could you tell us what that is? And could you talk about how our, our listeners could benefit from that academy? Well, and what's happened is after I, I worked 25 years in the business and I then you know realized that passive income was the way to go, um, I decided it was time to retire. And then once I retired, of course, I had my buildings paid for, which became my retirement income because now those buildings are still rented, even though I'm not physically working there, the rent is still coming in. And I also bought some residential rentals, that sort of thing. And so I wanted to help other folks also learn how to do that. So In the International Academy, I have created eight different lanes of passive income, but my largest lane by far and the one that I started with and the one that is most popular is called the Happy House Hunters. And the Happy House Hunters is an actual group where I have a free meetup once a month, but then I also have a course, the six F's of real estate. So it's how to find real estate. It's how to fund it, how to fix it, how to flip it, how to fill it. And finally, what is your freedom number in real estate? And so there's a whole course there. And then we have a mastermind group. And a couple of things we do on the mastermind group is I do take some of those members out once a month and we tour actual properties, brick and mortar properties. And I show them what we're looking for. I show them when it's the foundation looks bad and what kind of cost it might be for them to have to fix that or a roof that might need replaced that that wasn't maybe, you know, um, actually... Uh, listed in the in the listing that it had a bad roof. So those are the things that we're doing. Um, and I have a team. I have a team that helps me with that. Christy Hawkins is my co-mod on all of our meetups. Uh, but then I do have a team. I've got contractors and 
and uh, investors, kind of an advisory board. And we do take the, new, the newbies out across our city and show them actual real estate. Thank you. I appreciate that. So you've told us how you started in real estate. I was going to ask you how you got involved in real estate investing. You uh, you kind of gave us the, the great story mm-hmm. on that. Is there any more? Can you go any deeper on that or should we proceed to the next question? Yeah, no, that's a great question because, um, you know, a lot of folks are like, OK, well, that's the high point. But, you know, now when I'm thinking, you know, our listener is thinking, how do I do that? Sometimes, you know, they can't quite, you know, connect all the dots. And so for me, one of the first things that happened is once I got into the salon industry um, and I was, you know, I was the booth runner, you know, I was the one that was paying the rent. And when I realized that the owner that I was renting from was she was actually um, renting a storefront in a shopping center. And uh, I don't know about you, but I've realized that shopping centers are very expensive. And oftentimes have a, a lease that is is not very favorable to the tenant because they have to take care of the furnace and the roof and the doors and everything, you know, when they're in that type of a commercial lease. And so I thought to myself, well, why, why couldn't I, you know, buy a building instead of just renting that storefront out there? Why couldn't I buy a building? And so when I thought about buying a building. I thought, you know, I haven't been in business long enough. Anyone that's been self-employed, you know, you have to have two years tax returns and, and your debt ratio has to be good and, you know, to get a loan. And so I thought there's no way that I'm ready to actually buy my own building. But my uh, significant other at the time, he goes, well, but we can look. And I'm, I'm like, okay, okay, but I'm not ready to buy a building. So we started driving around in, in what we consider old town. A lot of these little communities have a historic part down in the center of their town that's already kind of gone commercial, if you will. You know, those old houses have been turned into bookstores and coffee shops and in, in the very center of some of these towns. So we started looking where, where we live, we started looking in, in that town. And sure enough, there was a house for sale. The block was already zoned commercial and the house was for sale um, for $136,000. Now, of course, this is 25 years ago, but $136,000. There's no way that I could have a building at a shopping center for $136,000. I couldn't even, I couldn't even put the underground utilities in for $136,000. And, uh, So anyway, I was able to buy it. It already had city utilities. It already had a furnace. It already had, you know, the roof. It already had the walls. It already had, you know, the floors. I mean, it was just a house. And all we did then is we filed with our city um, to change the use on it to a beauty salon because it was already zone commercial. We just had to make sure that we did what was required for the use. But I didn't have the money at that point. And I I told my significant other, I said, I can't buy that. I I haven't been in business for two years. I don't have two years tax returns showing I'm a nail tech. And, you know, and I don't have any equity in anything else. Uh, You know, I had just bought my condo for myself before I left my corporate job. Remember, I took that two-year transition. And so, um, I, I just, I didn't have any equity. I didn't have, I, I had the, I had the, the credit score and I had a, an okay debt ratio, but I didn't have the equity. I didn't have the down payment. I didn't have the two-year tax return. So a girlfriend of mine, she said, well, there's a bank here in town 
and and this is just the difference in funding. She said, there's a bank here in town that does not sell their loans. They keep them all in-house. They underwrite them in-house. They, they approve them in-house. She said, why don't you just give them a try? She said, what's the worst that can happen is they could say no. And Kathy, well, sure when, enough, when you say, when you say difference in funding, could you clarify that? Like, what do you mean by that? Well, Different different lenders, of course, the, okay. the bigger lenders and the big conglomerates, oftentimes they sell their their notes. And so you have to, you know, you have to fit their mold in order for them to give you a loan. You know, you have to fit into the box. <laughs> you know, you have to have this credit score and this much equity and this much down payment or whatever. So I went to this independent little community bank that does everything in house. And they said, well, let's take a look. Do you have a W-2? And I said, no, I, I'm an LTAC. Each lady puts her $20 bills on my table when I'm done with her nails. And they said, well, do you get a 1099? I said, no. no, I'm not working for any other salon. It is my salon. The women come through the door. And when I do their nails, they put cash on my table. And they said, well, how do you know how much to file? as income when you do file your income tax. And I said, well, I have my appointment book <laughs> and in my appointment book, I've got each lady's name and underneath her name, I have how much she paid me and how much she tipped me. And if she bought any product while she was there and they said, well, could we see your appointment book? I'm like, well, yeah. So they went into the back room. They had this conversation. They came out and they said, we're going to give you a loan based on your appointment book. Can we make copies of your appointment book? <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> and they loaned me the money to buy my first commercial building before I was even two years in the business. And so then fast forward, that was how I got my first one. And then, of course, we had to change the use on it to make it a beauty salon. Got open um, at, at the high point of that salon. I had 12 stylist working in there full time because just because I was a nail tech didn't mean that I couldn't hire hairstylists and massage therapists and everything that goes with the salon because you don't even have to be licensed in cosmetology to own the salon. Uh, it's just whoever works in your building has to be licensed. Now, I happen to be licensed to do nails, so I worked in the building as well. But anyway, at that point, I just started you know, bringing on booth renters and I just started making payments. It was a commercial loan with this little tiny country lender. And so it was a 20 year note and, um, and I started paying ahead. And, uh, and so my point there was that the more I paid ahead, the more cash I brought in and the more I paid ahead, the faster I was growing equity in, okay. in my loan. And so a couple or three years, I don't remember exactly, I'm going to say two or three years in, I was able to leverage that first building and pull some cash back out so that now I had a down payment to do my second salon. And so then I opened a, I bought a second building in another town close by in the heart of the town. I bought another building, put some stylist and nail techs, massage therapist in that building. And then fast forward another 24 to 36 months, I pulled cash out of both of those and the same lender portfolioed all that together. And I bought my third building. And so that's how I built the salon industry uh, for myself on buying real estate by leveraging each property two or three years apart. 
Thank you. And I, I want you to uh, kind of go into detail because you have coursing, masterminds, and a little bit after we are actually some questions, I want you to go into details on that because it can sound like we can explain that, but you know, there's a lot of technical stuff that we need to figure out. And um, I'm a big proponent of coaching and courses and that stuff helps you figure those things out. So you're not lost out there, you know, especially when Absolutely. somebody's been through it like yourself. So next question I have for you, since like you specialize in passive income. So could you, so we got active income and then we got passive income. Could you help us understand the definition and the true definition from your perspective of passive income? Yeah. A lot of folks think passive income means that they don't have to work for it. You know, it's just passive, but the true definition of passive income means that you've worked for it up front and then it continues to pay you over and over and over again. And the perfect example that everyone can understand is that, you know, you write a book. And you might spend years writing this book and a lot of hours and a lot of blood, sweat and tears into your research and you write the book. And then once you've written the book and published it, you could sell 10 copies, you could sell 10 million and see it becomes passive income once it's published. So you do all the hard work up front and then it starts paying over and over and over again. So I like real estate as passive income, because once my buildings are paid for, that rental income just comes in year after year. And that is actually my retirement. That's how I built my retirement. So it made my mother happy <laughs> that I figured it out. But, uh, but I was 40 before I figured it out. Nice. Kathy, you are also a writer and I, I, maybe this isn't the episode for to talk about that because I want to stick to real estate, but I would love to have you back and talk about writing. I just been through that process myself. I wrote like a book and it was like probably one of the best feelings in the world. So it's amazing. I would love to have you come back and we have like a program where we help some people write and we can get mm -hmm. your perspective on that. So we'll talk about that in the future. Um, I would like to know from your perspective, like I understand and I appreciate masterminds. They are so important and they've helped me make some great connections and like really level up my business and my life. So I want to hear from you. What is a mastermind? Because you run and you participate in mastermind. Tell us about your, tell us your definition of a mastermind. Explain to us some of the benefits. Well, mine is a little bit of a hybrid and here's why. Okay. Once, once I retired from the salon industry and I had you know, the real estate, and that's kind of my base. That's my passive income that continues to come in every month. I wanted to then start giving back and helping other folks. And so one of the first things that I did is I, I started the Happy House Hunters group. And it was just a group of us. There were just three couples of us. We were all investors. We all kind of had, you know, two or three properties under our belts already. And, um, and so we just started meeting up once a month. And then it just kind of, it kind of grew from there. Other folks were like, well, can I come? I'd like to, to invest. And in. I don't, I don't even know what I don't know. I don't know what questions to ask. And I just, can I just come and listen to you guys talk about what your deals are and what you're doing. And from there it grew. And so now, um, and I don't have my numbers right in front of me, but uh, we're like 700 strong now in our happy house centers group. And, um, and we meet up a couple of times a month in person. One is that boots on the ground where, you know, we do take newbies through, but then we have a second, just a networking meetup where we get together and, and meet up just to, just to share resources, you know, Hey, I need a plumber or, or, Hey, I I'm looking for um, some hard money or I'm looking for private money or I, I, uh, you know, what's interest rates these days or whatever. And we just network, but then a core group, we meet up on zoom once a month and we just we just problem solve wherever we are in our real estate investing 
And so if it's if they're having a problem with the tenant or if they're looking for a better commercial lease, if they have a commercial building or um, they're having a bad experience with a contractor or whatever it is. And we just mastermind that as a group. We all have we all share uh, our experiences and our input and how we might have handled a situation like that. And it just makes you feel like you're not hanging out there all by yourself. And that's done on Zoom. So we're, we're not limited to just our area that that can be as broad as folks want to tap in. Okay. So I'm reading here, you have a Simply Start Mastermind as well. Could you tell us about that one? Well, that one is is how to build a better business and it's just Simply Start. And so we go through a whole series. I have a free meetup. I have eight different lanes and one of my lanes is how to build a better business. And we just go through the entire series of how to create your VPS, your value proposition statement, what it is that you do. And it doesn't matter. I, I can take anybody's passion and first of all, we talk about their pain point. What was the big thing that they had to solve? See, for me, I had to figure out how I was going to have income. That was my pain point. So it's whatever their pain point is, we can show them how they can turn their pain point into their passion and then their passion into their purpose and their purpose into profit. And then once they know what that pain point and passion is, we help them turn it into their purpose by writing a value proposition statement, what their promise to the world. Like, like, again, I don't know if, if you've studied any of the hero's journey where, you know, once upon a time I was here and then I had an aha moment, like my aha moments in the real estate. And now I struggled more and I finally broke through. And now I'm coming up, coming up the other side of that hero's journey. And now I want to turn into the guide and help other folks Um, you know, navigate the hero's journey. And so that's kind of what we do in the build a better business. Once they know what their, their passion is and, and we help them turn that into a purpose statement or a promise to their audience. And then we start showing them how they can craft their story. We take them all around that hero's journey and how they craft their story. And from there, we then show them how to come alongside influencers and how to serve influencers to, to, you know, get their name out there. And then we help them with all their products. What is your, what is your free product? What is your first base offer, second base offer, third base offer? And finally, what is your home run offer? And then we, we segue over into marketing. How can you blog so that folks get to know, like, and trust you? How can you either be on podcast or have a podcast so folks get to hear your voice? And then finally, how can you turn yourself into a public speaker so that you can reach more people faster? Awesome. I appreciate that's the series. I appreciate you and I appreciate your mission because I've been working in the real estate space for a bit. And a Mm -hmm. lot of times I find that people become investors or, and they kind of never get that business education. So Mm -hmm. we learn the education on how to do this, how to do that, but we never really learn how to run an actual business. And um, that's really helpful that you have that in addition to some of the real estate stuff. So I want to ask you, um, what is the, What's the tuition cost for each of those those masterminds? You have the the simply start, then you also have the um, happy house hunters mastermind. Could you tell us? Yeah, and thanks for asking that question. And so I do have to just give a, a, a hint of a backstory there. When um, you know, because of my struggles being a single mom and and just you know, cash flow was always an issue. It's the folks that need it the most that can afford it the least. And so when I decided to start 
and do this, this academy, I wanted to always keep the price point for that group. And, and, and my perfect, my perfect market, if you will, it's the folks that are making just enough (laughs) that they don't qualify for any government aid, but they're not quite making enough to always get to payday. They're just just like me once upon a time. Yeah. They fall through the crack. And that's exactly where I was. I was making enough that I, I didn't qualify for any aid, uh, which was okay, but I just couldn't quite make enough to keep the car running and, you know, and then I'd have to fix the car and then I didn't have the money for the rent. And if I pay the rent, then I didn't have enough money to buy the groceries. And, and, you know, so anyway, it was just always something. And so um, that's kind of my target because the reason that my message is so important is because um, sometimes $200 a month might make the difference on whether they have a car that runs and $500 a month might make a difference in what neighborhood they live in. And $1,000 a month might change their zip code. And so, and what school their kids go to. So it, it just makes a huge difference um, just infusing a little bit of funds into the actual family. So that is my market and I've kept my prices because of that. And so I have a free meetup in every lane that I offer. So a free meet, and I give the same information in the free meetup that I give in the mastermind. The only difference is we, we go deeper in the mastermind. Then all the courses in each one of those lanes is only 197. And all the masterminds are a membership site and they're only $25 a month. That's awesome. I really appreciate that. That's very affordable and very fair, very Mm -hmm. fair. So what, what an opportunity there. What, Next, what I would like to know is you talked about like authorship a little bit. I said we wouldn't talk about this here. We'll go deeper like in our next interview. But uh, a question that I normally ask, I call it like my closing round, is I like to ask people to suggest three books that they would okay. recommend. So I'm not I'm not going to ask you to suggest three books per se. I want to hear you talk about uh, you your writing. I want to hear about your writing background, your writing experience. And then if we got some time, you can make a suggestion on some books for us. So, okay. Yeah. Well, for me, I do I, I do some ebooks, and again, my goal is to have an ebook for each lane, and so I have some ebooks, and 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 again, it's a marketing tool so that folks get to know, like, and trust you. And when you have ebooks out there, it's real easy, uh, you know, to put those out and for folks to to click on the link and get those, and they do get a sense of your voice, of of who you are and what you represent, and it does help them to get to know, like, and trust you. Um, I'm right now in the middle of a collaboration with some other entrepreneurs, and we are getting ready to um, to publish and launch. And I don't have all the details yet on that one. I'm meeting up with my publisher coming up uh, next week, so I'm excited to do that. And so there's going to be a handful of us, and we're all going to kind of tell our story because we want to inspire other folks to that they can do it, the whatever the dream is. And so I'm a firm believer that it's really hard to live the dream when when you say, oh, okay, I got to go now and punch a time clock because I got to pay the rent Friday. So I'll have to put my dream on hold because oftentimes that job that we're doing, as much as we like it and it's paying our bills, it's not our dream. It's not our dream job. And so if I can inspire anyone or everyone to move on into their passive income, 
and create just, just that freedom number, whatever that freedom number is. And you can do it with real estate. You can do it with writing. You can monetize a blog. You can write books from anywhere in the world. You can turn all of your books into courses, online courses. And so there's all kinds of ways that you can have passive income. And so uh, I have a gal that she's homesteading and she wants to, to have, she wants to work from home with homesteading. She doesn't want to go out and punch a time clock anymore. And I'm working with her to actually do a whole um, YouTube uh, channel where all she's doing is showing folks how to do homesteading. And she loves it because she doesn't feel like she's working because this is what yeah. she would do for fun when she's not working. She loves the canning and the, the recipes and, and the gardening. And she loves all of that. And so she now has a whole YouTube channel of nothing but homesteading because that's her passion. And she's turning that into her purpose. And now she's going to actually turn that into profit. And so my writing all has to do right now with education, with writing my courses and writing the eBooks and marketing and blogging and, and actually, um, uh, monetizing my blog. And then my big uh, book project is this um, co-author project that I'm getting ready to to launch here at probably within the next eight weeks. Nice. Do you have, uh, how can we get access to some of your eBooks that you've written or produced in the past? Everything is on my website, just kathybinner.com. That's the best place to, uh, to connect with me. As far as books that I'm reading right now, um, one of my favorites is The Gap and the Gain by Dan Sullivan, because as entrepreneurs, you know, we keep our eye on the horizon. And, uh, and, and if you've ever been in an airplane, that horizon never gets closer. You just keep flying along and you keep thinking, boy, I'm not making any progress because that horizon is still the same distance. And he talks about the gap in the gain that we need to really measure back a little bit and understand how far we've come. The other one is Entrepreneurial Leap by Gino Wickman. And uh, his, his whole book is, is about uh, not everybody is cut out to be an entrepreneur. And he's got a whole assessment in, in the book. He said, now being a business owner and being an entrepreneur is two different things. You know, I was a business owner when I had the beauty salons, but I'm truly an entrepreneur in the academy, yeah. whereas in the beauty salons, I was simply a business owner. And so he talks about the difference between that. And then you, there's an assessment that you can take in his book to decide whether you're a business owner or whether you're truly an entrepreneur. And then the last one is Mike Kim. And his book is You Are the Brand. The brand is you. You are your CEO. And so uh, even, even again at the beauty salon, I remember I would have stylists come in and they would go, oh, you're Kathy Benner. And I'd be like, what? And they would say, yeah, I've been interviewing at all these salons and all these other salon owners kept telling me you need to talk to Kathy Benner. So you are the brand. And so anyway, those are my three top, top books for today. Nice. Thank you. I really appreciate that. So we're coming up on the close and I would like to ask you, how can our listeners connect with you? What's the best way? The best way is to simply go to kathybinner.com, Kathy with a K and Binner is B as in boy, I-N-N-E-R.com. And there is a strategy connect call button right there at the top of the website. And I'd be happy to chat with anyone. Kathy, this was amazing. I really appreciate you for doing this on short notice and coming through swinging. You brought the heat. I really appreciate you. Do you have any final closing statements before we close out? 
Well, I just want to say thank you so much, Jerome, for inviting me on. I've had a wonderful time. I love what you're doing. And so if there's any way I can support you, my word for 2022 is to give. And so I want to give back wherever I can, which is why I do a lot of my free meetups and my my uh, free strategy uh, connect calls. And so any way that I can help you out, let me know. And uh, thank you again for for inviting me on today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate you. All right.